0: You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode.
1: Jordan trying to shake off starts. Oh,
0: what a change awesome oh. oh. with no for human life! seconds. Bryant for the win. Against of the Crowd on its feet, out for the win! Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall. Today I've got a special episode for you. Uh get to talk to one of my good friends who just happened to release his own sneaker wipes recently. So, you all probably know him. If you don't, you're going to get a good introduction to him today. Jock Slade, a.k.a. Cousteau, is with me. How you doing, yeah. man? Good to see you.
1: Good to see you, too, man. Thank you for having me on the show. I haven't been on the Snooker History Podcast in a long time. I'm back. I'm back. Yep, it's a, yep, either, yep. Like, either <laughs> like a rash or like lottery winnings. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess, as the show goes on, but I'm back.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's uh, so the people that have been following me for a long time know you, obviously, from outside the box, even even further back, outside the box with Brando, you yeah, know, 2015, something like that. I think so. Yeah, we got a, a, a long history there. But then we did this, the the version with Tiffany Beers for a, a year yep. or so. Um, we should actually do a we should actually do like a, a, a catch up episode between the three of us. That would be fun.
1: Yeah, I'm sure Tiffany would love to hop on. She's been doing a lot lately, so a lot it'd be of great cool stuff. Yeah, definitely.
0: And, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you've been on Sneaker History, but you've also w- were part of our Sneaker Combos thing that we did. Yeah, a year ago or so. So people people should be familiar with you. Let's not hope. to mention Let's you have <laughs> you know I don't know one point whatever million followers and you're basically everybody's favorite sneaker YouTuber. So ah, it's mean, very kind. You know, doesn't really I don't really need to do any more introducing you. You you've pretty much set the set the standard for everybody that's watching or listening to this. So oh
1: well thank you I appreciate those kind words Nick even though we are friends I still
0: appreciate it. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to start you off with a really tough question because it came up on social media in the last week or so for me, Mm -hmm. uh, somebody asked you were, if, if you were a, let's say young adult as us, you know, I I would Mm -hmm. affectionately call us old men at this point, but uh, if you were a young adult or a young, a young Padawan, would you, yes, would you suggest people start a sneaker YouTube channel?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, without without question, do it. Um, And the reason I say that is because there's so many different perspectives in the world. And the world of sneakers is constantly evolving. And the conversation around sneakers and the way that sneakers are interpreted is always changing. So I 100% if you want to start get on and give it give it your voice like that's 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 how i got into it like i wanted to see something different so if you feel you can bring something different to the conversation do it and you see it you see it now like uh guys like roscoe and um um i can't think the other guy's name on youtube they do like live drops like no one from my era of you of youtube was doing that and so they're bringing that sort of live twitch style energy to the world of sneakers and interacting with people in real time so like you see it constantly evolving and changing yes there are some like standards and people that are always kind of going to be there like chris and fomer and uh tony and kice and myself and you know all the guys in that circle Seth, like we all we're all in that circle of, of people that have been here for a while and, and will continue to be here but the conversation is definitely changing
0: that's a good point too like i think the uh the Twitch conversation is another thing that I didn't really think about, but we could talk a little bit more about that. Um, You know, the live stream, the live cop thing is really fascinating to me. I've watched uh, probably a dozen or so different people do that. And I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say part of it is just me trying to figure out how people actually cop things nowadays, but (laughs) I can't like, even with the, the Kobe's I like had early access and they were gone before I even like could I mean I was literally on the app saw it pop up early access like yeah story for another day I guess but the live stream part of it is really interesting because I mean you know like I've gone back and forth and and worked on various projects throughout my career and my own personal stuff sneaker history or otherwise has always kind of been like on the back burner right and it's funny mm-hmm. because, like, me being a car guy, anybody that's worked that's worked as a car, well, like, on cars of any kind, doing stereos or mechanical work or anything, the car world, if you work on cars all day, you really know if somebody is great at what they do, if their own car mm. is a constant work in progress that never is finished. Because right, right, right. they're always working on other people's stuff. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kind of in that same boat in the sneaker content game, aside from the podcast, which we've really focused on, you know, over the last couple of years to just continue to be consistent with it and grow and and that kind of thing. But with Twitch, we started streaming like community stuff a couple of months back. And, you know, it's it's done really well. It's just it's a really interesting way to like kind of just have live conversations, which I think part of that is the pandemic and we're all just kind of craving those kind of yeah. You know experiences. So for those people that, you know, may not live in, you know, LA or someplace like that, where they can go out and see sneakers and be around other people that are into sneakers and talk to people about it, you know, it's, it's a cool way for people to feel connected to it. And, yeah. and, you know, like, you know, our friend Mitch works for Twitch has been there for a little while now. And, and, you know, that's been his world for a long time that yeah. the live stream stuff has been his world for years. And, I am constantly kind of, like, watching the evolution of that because, oddly enough, I feel like, you know, I 100% agree with you as, like, just go for it. You know, if you have an opinion, even if you don't really have an opinion, (laughs) if you just love sneakers enough, you'll find people that love sneakers in the same way. And you'll find people that love the nuanced things that you do or things that you didn't ever see about Mm. some specific pair, and then that sparks a whole relationship. Yep. But it's really interesting with sneakers, with Twitch, we haven't seen like a lot of crossover from the YouTube sneaker community yeah. that a lot of other places have have been pushing for, and I, I don't know if, why that is. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, I think the the live streaming aspect of things. Uh, we I was talking, actually talking to someone from Twitch about to about this, and like when we think of traditional television, when we think of live. There's only a couple of instances where live works. That's like award shows and sporting events or like you know like a live auction or something like that. Outside of that, you don't really see live events happening on traditional television. And my thinking is there must be a reason for that. Like as long as tele- traditional television has been around, there hasn't been, live events outside of those those two things really every once in a while you have a special oh a live taping special or something like that but you won't have a live event so when i think about twitch i see it as those i see it through those two lenses so for sporting events that's the gaming it's not a. It's not obviously a game on a field or, or on a course or anything, but it's one person playing a game. So there's that. There's that the sport aspect of it. You have the person commentating, and as they go through, and you're watching what's going on on screen. So that's like the live event side of that, and like that's really I think what Twitch was born out of. It. So it has that sort of feel. But with sneakers, sneakers is not really built for that. I don't think it's really built for that. I think I think of sneakers. And the way we tell stories around sneakers is the same way you would look at a, a, a nonfiction television show or like a, a sitcom or something like that. There's this dialogue that happens of talking about it and that it just it, it to me, it doesn't give the same energy that you get during a live broadcast, which is why the live cops work, because it's a, in a sense, it's a game of chance. So there's a, there's a gaming aspect to it there for the live cop. So I think just doing traditional like unboxings or talking about a sneaker live, if maybe it's like, oh, mystery sneaker unboxing. So there's some sort of gamification to it, but you can't just do if you know, hey, I have the new Jordan one something something. There's not really a lot of value to you watching me fumble through an unboxing and talking about this shoe as opposed to me doing a a tightly edited way of that story for you to see. So I think that's really what the difference is. Um, Obviously I could be proven wrong and like, you know, there could be an avenue for that sort of style event happening, but I just don't, I just don't see, see the, see the, uh, the window for it.
0: It is interesting. The, the. Unboxing experience i guess is the best way to put it and maybe this is just me being way too deep in sneakers the unboxing experience for me on like normal pairs let's say mm-hmm. um, is it's always weird when i see people create a thumbnail that shows the shoe because i feel like unboxing something by nature like i'm really tuning in to see the unveiling and and like the, your reaction yeah yeah you know, so I almost don't want to see the shoe ahead of time, and and I think you know you've probably played with that with your thumbnails throughout the years, yeah, trying different for things. Because sure. I think you know, YouTube determines all of this stuff so differently at every different point along the way as their algorithm changes. But I, I, the things that pop into my mind are some of like the crazy unboxings you've been able to do, that are like the package is just so over the top, yeah, that <laughs> like even if you told me the shoe that was inside i don't i want to know what else is there with it yeah. because yeah. clearly the box is you know an entire ice chest or you know a yeah, suitcase yeah, yeah. or something <laughs> so like th- that part of it is is kind of fascinating to me too because twitch doesn't really play in that space either right in terms of like thumbnails or any of that stuff and yeah. it seems like a lot of youtubers lately have been have been you know, doing a lot more live streaming and trying the live streaming stuff at least. And, you know, the, I, I think the live cop thing is fascinating. It's not something I can I could imagine spending, you know, hours of my day watching somebody in, with that. But, like, yeah. at the same time, like, you and I could casually have a three-hour conversation almost any day of the week. Right. So, like, if you were to have enough of the interaction there with people, I think there's there's, like, still a lot to – or sneakers specifically to grow into, in terms of the content, the video content that's gonna be out there.
1: Yeah, the live thing is is fascinating and I definitely want to, I want to dig into it more because I think there are um, fantastic opportunities there and new ways to kind of bring value to the audience there. I I just haven't figured them out yet. Like, is it 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 like a live with Regis and Kelly sort of thing? kind of kind of feel that you bring to to the live world, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, good morning, America, you know, like that, like the news is live, like, how do you bring that energy and still keep it inner entertaining for your audience? Um, And really, I guess, a part of that is also like looking at what's the what's the definition of entertaining for your audience? You know, for us, we were we, we grew up in a in an era where silence is bad. Uh, when you're on television Um, but with live streaming and in this generation there's silence there and it's it's fine it's like you know people sit there and watch and i'm like oh looking something up online like what is that oh it's this 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 and this whereas for me that that three seconds there i'm like oh my god oh my God, like, I can't let that, let that go. So you got to kind of, you know, so it, yeah. it's almost thinking about what's entertainment, what, what's the expectation, how clean, how dirty, like all of those things kind of go into the, into the, into the, uh, the equation uh, of the live thing now. And I, I do think I'm probably overthinking it and, and, and when my head with my hesitation, but I think the opportunity is there. We just, we just got to figure it out the right way.
0: Another interesting thing in, that you kind of are alluding to is the rawness of a lot of the content that people mm-hmm. watch now. It's just different than the way it was, you know, yeah. five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I was thinking about, you know, some of the stuff that, that we've worked on throughout the years and, like, you know, working on stuff at Complex, you know, uh, with with Russ and Clark and, and like, that whole full production yeah. prior to Complex even being on YouTube was such a, it was just, it was so crazy trying to get product, right? Because the whole point of Quick Strike was to show things as they released, but mm-hmm. you can't always get the product to show. So you either need to like edit that together in kind of the way that you would do, you know, um, one, one of your videos. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like you said, it's it's like the news thing doesn't really work because if you don't have the physical product or, you know, if you're going to cut to the B-roll anyway, then you might as well edit this stuff and make it as condensed and as clean as possible because it's easier to consume for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. But at the same
0: time, it's almost like people want to see. And, and like, YouTube, I mean, TikTok is, is probably the most, you know, obvious example of that at this point, right? You could literally do, you know... Something that, like, you and I would never feel comfortable just throwing on a social channel five years ago. Yeah. Go on to TikTok, and as long as it's under 10 seconds and has some trendy audio on it, like, there's a good possibility it's going to get thousands of views for a little little amount of effort. But Yeah. I I wonder, like, too, like, where that, you know, one thing that we've probably talked about this before, you know, maybe not publicly, but I always wonder who's going to take, like, sneakers – to like the next level of production right you you do it occasionally with your stuff you know like i remember when you did you first started doing those b-roll shots and i was like texting you like yo this is where it's at because to me like i'm watching video creators you know like like a peter mckinnon or somebody that's like like very very skilled with the camera and the lighting and all of the things and or Daniel Schiffer and his, like, you know, B-roll stuff. It's like yeah. these guys shoot amazing stuff. And there are a handful yep. of people that have tried sneaker things, but it's usually like a one-off. I'm, I'm sort of into sneakers, but I, I got to do this other stuff to pay the bills. Yeah, And I'm wondering, like, at what point does somebody step in and say, okay, let's let's just, like, everything we're going to release is going to be a 9 or a 10 quality yeah. or better. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to have – because shout out to Fomer and buckets. Like those guys have been doing a really great job with their B roll. And there's a lot of, I'm not saying that other people don't, but like it's noticeable when people are like elevating their camera skills outside Mm -hmm. of their sneaker collection. That's what I think is really impressive with sneakers. And I feel like we're getting to the point where, you know, somebody's going to, we're going to start seeing some really crazy stuff where we're like, you did that for a, hundred dollar pair of shoes that's already gone and sold out (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and that's and that's part of the that's part of the challenge right you want to you want to create these beautiful narratives around something like with the b-roll and the storytelling but sneakers pass so fast in the wind that it's hard to do anything that's gonna that's gonna stick unless you get stuff super early like it's it's challenging to, to want to tell that deep or to think that deeply about, okay, what story am I telling with this shot? So you see, like, Fomer is a great example of, like, the way that they shoot. Him and Buckets do great job with with the B-roll and, and, and like, mixing it up. Um, I think Chris is getting there. Chris is, is pushing that envelope a lot more with the way that he shoots his B-roll and the way he tells his story. Uh, Minsu Choi, who, doesn't post very often um, was incredible at, at, at shooting B-roll and, and telling that longer story. But I think he came up against that, you know, a little bit what you alluded to is like, oh, I can tell these great stories, but I also have to work a regular job and it's not going to click because this story's already been told a thousand times, even if mine stands out because it's, it's shot more you know, with, with a different style, it's like, they've already heard this story a thousand times. Like, it's, it's great. Like if you see, it's almost like, um, a movie comes out of Michael Jordan in the flu, Michael Jordan's flu game comes out. Like, but leading up to that game, you've seen all the BTS, you've seen all the leaks, you've seen, You've seen it on Instagram, you've seen it on Twitter, um, you've seen somebody else do like a, a a remaking of the movie or, you know, all of these things before the movie comes out. So like when the movie does come out, you're kind of like, I, I mean, I've kind of already kind of already seen this. Like, I don't. Yeah, I've seen I've kind of seen this already. Why? Why do I need to go go spend time to see like this quality version of it? That's probably going to tell the story. Oh, I shouldn't say tell the story better, but tell the story in a, in a way that I haven't seen before
0: when I've seen the story a thousand times. So it's like, eh, eh,
1: I mean, I've seen it.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless you have a pandemic and everybody's sitting at home waiting to watch the yeah, last yeah. Piece, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny because, like, that, you know, I love those types of documentaries. The 30 for Thirties, like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I probably spend more time watching documentaries on – every you know Netflix, HBO, whatever platform, yeah. um, mainly because like, it's a part of how I tell stories, you know, like mm-hmm. I very much want to go from like the beginning to the end of a, of a, you know, product line with yeah. sneakers or, um, you know, stores, you know, like there's so many different stories that, that go along with it, but I'm, I'm constantly trying to like resurface the nostalgia in a way that's new. But mm. at the same time, have my own kind of my own connection to it. Like I don't want to try to st- tell the story of something that that I have nothing I, that I have no experience with or, or no knowledge yeah. about. It, if I was going to do that, you know, I think it's better for me to connect with the people that have that story and and get the story from them. Right? You want get the, the you want the closest them, yeah. person on the ground for those stories. Yeah. And it's really interesting because like the the sneaker stories that are being extracted from, you know, I don't know what you call it, just the game right now, mm-hmm. seem to be very, just just very, like, you know, almost uh, formulaic in a sense, right? Like, it's like, yeah. you know, because we're all in this quick cycle turnover, but even when something like The Last Dance comes around, like, you could see, like, you know so many people were into it and obviously jordan and the bulls are like you know the the peak of it but like we could sit here and, and name off 20 or 30 you know at least very close to that level of relevancy or or passion you know tiger woods like that's an yeah. easy one like how how is this not like you know and and i get that like some of these things have happened and will happen again and repeated and yeah. we're seeing you know Ben Affleck and Matt Damon going to do the Sonny Vaccaro and Michael Jordan origin story, which, you know, I think it's going to be fascinating to see sneakers on the big screen. You know, like we just, we really haven't seen that. And, uh, you know, we've seen it in bits and pieces. We've seen it in very like sneakerhead driven kind of stories where it's like, okay, well there's enough people that are sneakerheads now that this could work and be successful financially for a company to try it. So hence we get the sneakerhead doc or, show i can't remember what it was called on netflix or whatever a few years back but taking that to to a full-fledged production film is you know like you've yeah. been involved in that stuff it is yeah crazy. it's different
1: it's different yeah it'll be it'll be fun though like i'm a, i'm actually i'm actually excited about it because like for for us i think there's parts of the story like we know the story but we don't know the story yeah you know there's parts of it that we don't know and um this will be obviously a, a dramatized version of that yeah. and like that's always that's always interesting and it's going to ruffle feathers so like that portion of it you're like okay i want to see how this comes out and how this story is told um because it's going to be it, it, it's an intro it's an interesting story like you see you know you'll see like you know a bit of the underbelly of the world of sneakers and like you know you don't really hear about that uh you know the the things that people got away with back in the day that they won't get away that they can't get away with now like the, all of that sort of thing all of those sort of things are coming to light and i think that's super duper
0: interesting yeah me too i think that you know it's it's i think that even as somebody who has probably heard the story read the story a dozen times over in various forms the thing that i always kind of come back to when new stories or or the same stories are presented by new people Is that you and I have been on the media side, air quoting for people listening, the media side of the sneaker world, um, you know, off and on depending on what we're doing. Right. And there's a very like fine line as to like how much and what information you're given as like a public media figure Mm -hmm. versus like what you can have a casual conversation with a friend about. Off the record, and yep. because of that, I think that the dynamic that's created through the brands and through the people that work at the brands and all of that, the, all of things that come together to around these stories, to me, means that every story can be told thousands of times if uh, the right people get involved. Because you'll find people yep. that are that are just passionately curious about it and need to know. Yeah. who Sonny Vaccaro was, you know, like, and, and to your point, like we're, we're in a, the other layer to it that I'm really looking forward to we're in this new era of college athletes getting paid. And he was a big yep. part of making that happen. And yep. we're going to see how all of that started presumably. And it's going to be interesting because like, you know, he's from, from my Little knowledge, never met him, never talked to him. But from my, you know, exposure to him, reading about him and, and, you know, that kind of stuff, he was he was pretty cutthroat, you know? Like, he was a hustler. That's how he got these yeah. deals done back in the day. That's how he got Michael to be on his side. Wherever my, wherever he wanted to go, Michael would go with him. And, and, you know, same thing with Kobe. Same thing with LeBron. Like, yeah. he was involved in all of these big-name players, high school or, or even prior, and to me, that's, like, just such a, an interesting, you know, we're just going to start yeah. seeing all sorts of stuff. Like you said, there's there's a lot of drama, and it's going to be dramatized even more. I'm, I'm really, really curious as to how it will come out and who's going to be in it, yeah. you know, like.
1: Who's going to be in it, yeah. And, and the funny thing about this, though, like, when I think about this, it's not the story, the story of Sonny getting Michael to sign with Nike. Is not going to be the most interesting part about that movie. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, I think a couple of things. One, the, the journey that Sonny goes through, uh, and the journey that Michael goes through. Um, like, because, you know, with every movie, the characters have to change in the movie. We just can't, we won't accept a movie if, if the character doesn't go through some sort of journey and changes. And I think, There's going to be some point where we find out something that was going on with Sonny and this the win of getting Michael Jordan was great, but there's something else personally that made it more rewarding for him. Um, The same thing with Michael. whether it's Michael's relationship with his dad or Michael's relationship with his mom and his mom forcing him to get to it or the or Michael seeing the relationship with his mom and his dad with his dad being the gambler and all of the, like all of those things like those things, those parts of the story are really what's going to make the movie interesting. We all know that Sonny got Michael to sign with Nike and we all know, that part of the story but that's not what's going to be the most interesting part for us it's that human journey that michael takes that sonny takes and maybe even that phil takes um that's really going to make that that's going to make that movie the most interesting to us um even if those journeys are fabricated those will be the things that i think connect us the most to those to that movie
0: yeah totally totally agree looking forward to that one for sure um, yeah same 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 okay so i i gotta i gotta shift gears a little bit what's up with golf sneakers man like
1: nah i, I mean <laughs> what, that that's a multi-layered question <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're just everywhere now and they're they're selling out people are paying big money yeah for them, and yeah it's just crazy
1: yeah it's got some great energy around it uh i i'm I'm actually, I'm I'm happy with the way that it's going, but I definitely, I think they should be pushing it further. Uh, Golf went through, obviously, a boom in pandemic because everyone, that's the only thing that people could do outside, and um, so a lot of people got into the game, sneakerheads and otherwise, and, you know, I I think the personality of people um, started to show a little bit, and that's why the retros are doing so well, because people want to wear their Js, people want to wear their Stan Smiths. They want to wear their shell toes on the course. They don't want to have to wear traditional looking golf shoes, whether that's the hard bottoms or the almost nondescript other versions of golf shoes that are, that are out there. People don't want to do that. People want to be a little more of who they are off the course on the course. Um, just like basketball players do the same thing with their shoes on the court versus off the court. They still want to ex- express their personalities. And I, see, I think you're seeing a little, a lot more of that. And that's why the shoes are selling out. But I do think brands could be going further and pushing that envelope a lot more um and i think they're just they're just hesitant they they're they're scared almost it's like ah is this really like we get it okay cool they're selling out but is this really the energy there like are we really um making making things happen like this so i think the opportunity is there it's just um and it's growing and even like i think on the custom side starting to see the the integration of the the world of sneakers with the world of golf in ways that people hadn't imagined before i think is going to make things um really interesting in like the next six months to a year and hopefully like the apparel providers are like they're they're looking at it that way as well i think there's opportunities to bring other voices into golf to help uh kick the space in a way that it hasn't been in a very long time
0: it's been interesting to see you know i'm I'm sure you're familiar with mario restores who's a friend of mine been on the podcast before big like huge part of the sneaker history community and the discord and stuff um he's uh he's kind of our our uh our community motivator you know you do a good job of that on twitter (laughs) which is one of the reasons why i love following you on twitter because there's always the morning (laughs) kind of start your day good energy good vibes and he does that same thing on discord so but, but he's it. really like his, his custom business has blown up because of golf, you know, like he's done a few things yep. here and there for a friend or, or for, you know, a, a customer. And then like, it just spiraled into so much more opportunity. And it's cool to see that shift of like, I want to wear something cool on the course. Cause like, yeah. I mean, I love golf. I haven't played in years. I played, you know, I was on my high school golf team. Like I played pretty seriously when I was younger. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at revisiting all of that too. Like with, you know, like my grandfather passing, like he's the one that taught me the game and like, there's a lot of stuff Mm. wrapped up in that for me, which is not for this episode, but maybe another, Um, (laughs) uh, but but like the one thing that I keep coming back to is, is like, like, you know, it's. This sounds bad, but, but, like, I I mean it in a different way than it's going to come out. But, like, it's very surface level in the connection between sneakers and golf right now. And, like, Mm -hmm. to me, it's, like, it's missing the stories. It's missing the layers. It's missing the apparel, like you mentioned. Like, it's missing the experiences and, like, the, you know – there's, like, one-off things done, and I and I think I am I feel that because I feel the same thing you said about the brands being hesitant to, to jump into it because they've probably tried it before and failed many times, right? Like, go- golf has yeah. always been, like, an elusive thing for a lot of the traditional sneaker sportswear brands, right? Like, they've yeah. all went and bought another company to be a part of it rather than, like, yeah, you know. Uh, and I guess I would relate that to, to like, For sneakerheads listening or watching, the easiest way to understand that is: look, nobody in the skateboarding world originally wanted Nike or Nike SB Mm -hmm. involved in skateboarding. I mean, I Mm -hmm. got rid of most of my Nikes at that point. Like, I was just like, "F this! I'm out of here!" Like, if they're gonna come in and ruin this sport, but that's also like the 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 thought process for a lot of brands looking at a Nike, a Dentitas, you know, the mm-hmm. Pumas, the, you know, the big companies that are out there that, you know, they're, they're involved, right? Like they sponsor athletes and they, they make shoes here and there. But like, if you look at like a golf catalog, it's probably, you know, eight to 10 pages. If you look at a, even the New Balance basketball catalog is probably 20 something pages because they've got all yeah, the different yeah. pieces to it. I think that's something that's really interesting because we haven't really seen anybody, like, one, we, we've seen brands, like we talked about just recently, you know, Eastside Golf and the Jordan 4, like, that was, like, the, the you know, that was the funnel, that was the, the connection that Nike could bring those things together through that partnership, yeah. or Jordan, I guess, bring that together through that partnership, but then it, it, it seemed to fizzle, you know, like, it it, it was like, well, follow, follow up, keep the energy going, because you know, like the, there's going to be, I mean, you know, there's tons of people playing golf now that were not playing golf two years yeah. ago. And the pandemic has, has, you know, might not be completely over, but it's definitely, you know, become less of a concern for a lot of these people. And they're still going out yep. there to play yep. golf because it's a, it's a great still sport. Playing. It's a great way to escape like everything in life for, for a couple hours or a few hours. And I, I'm just wondering like what brands are going to end up doing that because I just feel like the obvious answer is always Nike and Jordan. They got the the biggest pile of money and they can always do the coolest stuff because they've got the coolest stories and usually the coolest people. But Mm -hmm. I still feel like we're like, we're missing that. Like, I I don't know. This is not the right example maybe, but like we're missing that like undefeated or kith of the golf world that says this is how we live 24 seven and sneakers are going to be a part of it and we have this like whole mantra yeah. and whole vibe that we carry as undefeated let's say or or you know huff with skateboarding yeah. right like those brands i those brands gave I think the bigger brands a, a more powerful voice but also they empowered those smaller brands to to like yeah. elevate themselves within all these different aspects of of culture
1: i think we're we're kind of seeing that a little, like, the very slight beginnings of it. Like, you know how they always talk about, like, the time of the universe, and if they think about how long the universe has been around and then how long we've been around, like, that's that's where we are right now. Um, so you have guys like Malbon yeah. Golf that are really, that are in that space. You have Eat Golf, Golf. Um, you have Trap Golf that's really kind of stepping into that space as well. Um, you have Bogey Boys, which is Macklemore's line. Um, and there's a couple there's a couple of, of, things out there but they're all like they haven't made it they're small you know what i mean mob golf is probably the biggest yeah. of all of those and they've been kind of doing it with adidas and like stepping into that world um but the i think that the 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 company that's best positioned to do it i think is jordan and again, it's not because of the money, though. I don't think it's because of the money. It's because I think that the Jumpman logo has surpassed basketball. Like the Jumpman logo isn't basketball anymore. Um, Jordan is not basketball anymore. I, I think they that 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 Jumpman logo symbolizes just just excellence in a sense, or. Doing your best, or trying to do your best, or being one of the best of, like, just that that's what that Jumpman logo sort of represents now. And I think they're uniquely positioned to create product in a way that speaks to each individual sport. Like, you see Jordan in Motorsports, you see jordan doing uh the the fishing when he goes uh during the summer when he goes to north carolina and does the fishing thing he obviously knows that he plays golf you you see the jordan in boxing jordan in football like jordan's been a part of football for a long time now this feels like almost as long as basketball like jordan's been a part of football in one way or another and so i think there jordan and i shouldn't even say nike i think jordan is probably most uniquely positioned just because of what that represents Nike's is so it's just abstract, but Jordan kind of represents that person. So like Jordan is like undefeated where it's like undefeated is a store, but it's also so much so much bigger than that. Keith is Ronnie, but it's also so much kind of bigger than that. And I feel like Jordan is it's basketball and it's Michael Jordan. But to every people in other sports, whether you're a gymnast or, you know, you're a, a, a lacrosse player. Jordan represents like the best of an excellence for you. So I think they have a lane there. And I think brands have to be okay with experimenting, which is hard in golf. Like g- golf is so traditional and so they have the opportunity like these brands have to step outside and and link with these link with these small guys. It's cool to do stuff with Malbon, do stuff with East uh, Eastside golf, do stuff with trap golf. And really, like do a do a collection. Open open up your product to them, and I think you'll you'll see the the fervor and the energy that's around golf, and show you what you can do. Like Nike, actually, I'm rambling here, but Nike actually kind of did the Nike Golf Club. This was maybe five years ago. They had like the Nike Golf Club, where they made like street style product for 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 the golf line. Um, and, and it just died. Like they had that one one great season, and and that was it. And it was like, yeah, like this was good, this yeah. is good energy. Like what, like what y'all doing? Like bring it bring it back. Now would be the perfect time for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems so, you know, like sorry. we're on the verge of that, right? Like it's only a matter of time before we start seeing. I mean, we we kind of saw it, right? Like we saw like even just like on a on a very like celebrity level, like Schoolboy Q and and all the stuff he was doing, yep. right? And I think like he brought that like edginess and the and the apparel that he's wearing it's like it's it can be street it can be on the course it's kind of in between yeah, yeah and i yeah, think yeah, like yeah. that was like exciting for me to see like okay cool like let's make it look different because like that's my biggest issue with the sport right like you know me like i want to wear my giants hat and a hoodie and like that that's you know in a lot of places in the golf world that's unacceptable you know and it's like
1: yep Yep. I played I played in a tournament yesterday uh, at this club in Tarzana for uh, the Netflix is a joke. Uh, they had a golf tournament, like a celebrity golf tournament. And the, <laughs> the email came like the, the day before the event. And it was like uh, men, actually I shouldn't even say men, it's gentlemen should wear tailored golf pants, um, a collared shirt, and your hat must be to the front at all times. Um, then you take your hat off in the clubhouse and ladies are to wear like skirts or pleated skirts or tailored golf pants and couldn't wear like certain shirts or something like that. And I was just like, yo, I'm definitely breaking all these rules tomorrow. Like when I go, like, I'm not, there's no way I'm wearing, I don't even know what tailored golf <laughs> right? pants are. Like, what is that? Um, so but it, it's like that yeah like that that energy has to go and like i get you when you want to keep people want to keep their country clubs looking a certain way um but i think that's all that's all bs that's just it's going to have to go out of the window because the new generation is not all into that like we're we're not i don't tailored golf where do you buy tailored golf yeah. pants i don't even i mean
0: and and you could look at like you know this is a terrible analogy of like the street version of golf because clearly the street version of golf is mini golf putt putt right like but yeah, like yeah. Top Shot, right? Like or Top, yeah, Top Shot Golf, right? Like that's the that's like where the biggest consumer base is going to be, right? It's expensive to go play yep. nine or eighteen holes for most people. So if you can go spend yep. twenty bucks and and you know just have a, an hour or two hanging out with yep. friends at, at a Top Shot, like that, that's going to be a you know it's not golf in the traditional sense, but like, that's the sport. That's the evolution of the sport. In my opinion, that's going to bring, Yep. you know, if somebody spends enough time at, a, at, on, you know, at the driving range, they can become a great golfer. Like they don't even have to play yeah. a traditional course to become a great golfer. If they just practice, like that's the thing that I think is missing they practice golf and get it right. Like this, where's the, where's the, like the connection between like the pro level stuff and like the uppityness of the sport and like, the bulk of consumers who want to play the sport and are inevitably going to spend the money on all the products, right? Because, you know, the people that are buying golf clubs on a regular basis or buying, you know, gloves or, or shoes or whatever, they're not going and playing, you know, these like very hardline ruled courses very often. They're going to like the public nine, you know, the par three courses so they can just get around in when they got time and, and, you know, like, just to be out there doing it. So
1: one hundred percent. Yeah man,
0: it's it's really interesting. So so before before we get to talk about your your sneaker wipes, I gotta ask about Formula One and Drive to Survive, because people probably don't know this about Yeah, you. daddy. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, I'm I that, that you're that you're committed to Drive to Survive and you're becoming a Formula One fan. So so how's the journey going? Yes,
1: I am uh, it's great. It's great. It's great. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on with Mercedes in this season. Uh, I, I, so I, I, okay. So watching drive to survive, it's like, it's good and it's bad. So like you get wrapped up in like the storytelling and the drama of it. Um, but you kind of start to like certain players, certain drivers, shouldn't play players, certain drivers. Um, but drive to survive is a season behind. So, like I almost like I, I so when I, I watched the first couple seasons of Drive to Survive and I didn't watch any F one because I realized that it was the season behind. So like if I watched the current season, I feel like it was gonna ruin Drive to Survive for me. So I finally gave in this year and it's just like I don't know what the hell's going on with Mercedes. Like 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 what did you do to the car? Like, I'll, although like Russell's doing fine, like Russell's doing fine. Like he's doing great. Hamilton. I don't know what, like he, I don't, he's got the yips. I don't <laughs> yep. know what it is, but he, like, he just, like he just, he just ha- doesn't have it. But you know, Red Bull's obviously doing incredibly well. Ferrari, uh, Leclerc is like, it's like, dude, like what is going on? And so like, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it. Cause like, I'll watch like a qualifying round and, um, I watch, I watch, I watch a race, but then I'm like, damn, did this just ruin F1 season for me? And like, am I when this race comes up and and in Drive to Survive, am I gonna just be like, damn it, I already know what's happening, like I already know. Uh, so like, that's that's the only that's the like the battle that's in my head right now. Like I want to watch, and I'm watching every once in a while. Like I'll catch it. Like I'm gonna obviously watch Miami, but like it just part of it is just like, oh, I don't want to watch because I don't want I don't want to mess up the show. But like, also, I'm realizing I don't know what's going on in the back. I don't know what's yeah. going on in the background. Um, and also realized I don't know his name. How much I really don't like the announcer. Um, <laughs> like I loved, him. <laughs> like I loved him during Drive to Survive. But now that I'm watching live races and he's hollering DRS 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 for 30 minutes in a row because they're not authorizing it for him. I'm like, dude, shut up! This is like they're they're not gonna do it. But he's like DRS DRS. Oh, anyway. I, that, that's probably that was probably very me but like i realized like the dynamics of what f1 drive to survive was giving me versus what i get seeing it live like it's so much more live there's so much more to absorb versus the show and it's just like ah oh, i feel like i i, I realize what I'm, I'm i'm rambling now but i'll tell you how much i'm into it now but i feel like i realize how much i'm missing during the show that you get during the season there's all this like nuance that you miss during the season um, but then when the show comes on, like, obviously they skip a lot of that stuff. Cause they have to tell these succinct stories and all this time. So it's, it's a lot. Uh, and I'm, I'm struggling with it right now, uh, on my fandom, whether I'm a fan of the show or I'm just a fan of the sport. And like, it's hard to be a fan of the sport and to be a fan of the show at the same time, because it just, they're, they're two totally, even though it's the same thing, it's two different yeah. things. So that's my <laughs> F1 story. <laughs>
0: I mean that's spot on, right? Like we, uh, you know, on the other podcast, exhaust notes, which we'll have to get you on there at some point to talk because we could get into some of those details. It's 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 very much a different a different world. Like you know, drive to survive is uh, the the you know the the Netflix version of Formula One, right? And it's great, it's incredible. Like yep. I love seeing all the behind the scenes stuff yeah. uh. and all of the things
1: it's beautiful oh my god they shit so shot well. is shot yes. so well amazing yes it's just well. there's so much yeah. and then like
0: the racing as a longtime fan it's like this is one of the best years in recent years because there's there's like a general like like there's actual question as to who's going to win this year where in the last few years it's yeah. been like okay like we know it's going to be one of two guys or one of three guys and it's been like that for a solid yeah. 10 years even beyond that we knew kind of it was very much like dominated by a couple of yeah. teams and you know like I, I, i'm just like i love that it's bringing new fans into the sport right and the reason why i brought it up too is because i feel like golf through like golf could do a very similar thing and like bring people into the sport in that sense right like it's missing that but also like the thing about it like with drive to survive is like you get to see the guys outside of the car so you get to see you know their realities and they're like riding scooters yeah. around the paddock or you know what cars they showed up in and like th- those kind of like normal things make it that much more relatable as a fan to like these guys you know like you get to see them you know playing soccer wrestling around with other dudes and like you know fighting and stuff and like you know all the stuff that, that shows up it's the stuff yeah. that you don't get to see with so, sports in general, right?
1: So, spoiler alert: um, golf is doing one. Oh, okay. So the PGA, yeah. So the PGA tour is doing nice. doing one. This they're doing it, they're shooting it this season. Um, it's going to show up next year. Working with the same producers, everything for the F one. So it's, gonna nice, be, it's nice. coming out. That'll be great. Yeah, I didn't, right, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, like I knew I knew about it a while ago, but um, yeah, they put out a press release a few months ago about it, and then. Oddly enough, yesterday at the uh, at the Netflix thing, um, one of the guys there actually worked on it, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're shooting it, and like we're following people around, and like they were at Masters, and they were all at, at all nice. the events." So it's it's gonna be I'm I'm super excited. To they see need to get
0: you on out. there for a cameo. Talk some sneakers. You know
1: <laughs> they don't, they don't want me on there.
0: They don't want me on there. They don't
1: want me on there. I'm not I'm uh, yeah I'm I'm the wild card. They don't, want, they, don't, they, don't they, they, they they don't want me on the show.
0: Uh, I'm 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 sure that, I'm sure that they uh they would benefit from you being a part of it, man. Yeah, it would be fun. It would
1: be fun. One of the, maybe maybe something will happen. We'll see. We'll see.
0: All right. So now now we got to talk about got the, the yeah, box right daddy. here. The New Republic. Jacques Slade. Sneaker. Wet wipes.
1: Bam. 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 Yes. 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 This was a cool cool thing um this <laughs> so this happened because i hopped in new republic's dms uh like a thought and i <laughs> was just like i was just like hey boo i got some ideas <laughs> and, and, then they, and they actually responded um and so that kind of started the relationship there i was actually using their i bought some of their wipes just to use them and um yeah just li- literally jumped in their dms and was like hey guys i have ideas and it was like, well, what's your idea? And then I gave them the idea and it was like, Oh, we will call you. Let's see, let's see if we can do that. And we've been working on them for I sent that DM in July and we got started pretty quickly. They um but the pandemic slowed everything down. Like this was this was probably supposed to come out like four months ago. Wow. Yeah, so we started in July by by like September i'll say september like we already had samples we were kind of going through samples of like the scents and everything and finding out like what's the consistency of the wipes what's like the actual smell of the wipes we did that like three or four times got the packaging where we wanted the packaging to go and then it was just like delay after delay after delay it's like oh they're coming oh they're stuck in china oh we got to do this oh we got to do that and then finally um like we had a, a, a like a false start, probably about a month ago, we had a false start for them, and it was like everything stuck on the dock. Like we can't even get them off the dock yet. Like they're just sitting on the dock, you know. So that pushed things back, and then finally we were able to release them, and it's been great. Like the the response has been super cool. Um, people and speaking. And speaking of racing, um, I saw uh, I sent a box to uh, Samantha Tan. She's a race car driver, yeah. and I saw her at a dinner last night. And um, she was like, yo, I actually put dryer sheets into like my racing shoes. And I was like, oh, for real? She was like, yeah. She was like, you're spot on. So it was cool. Um, and for those that don't know, I probably should have told that part too. Um, the wipes smell like fabric softener, which is which are basically dryer sheets. Uh, for those that don't know, your fab- your dryer sheets are just fabric softeners and paper. Yeah, they smell, um, <laughs> they smell really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so like Thank you. Thank you. And so we usually used to, as you know, you stuff the dryer seats in your shoes. If you have funky feet, you, you know, to kind of help soak up some of that funk that you have in your shoes. And so we figured it made sense to make like that fabric softener scent on the shoes. Um Ah, oh, this is awesome. Maybe we should do a, like a collab with like Downey or some shit like that. That would be dope. Cool. Do like a Downy collab on Sneaker <laughs> yeah. Wipes. That'd be, that'd be sick. Anyway, so yeah, so got that, and uh, yeah, so we started with the wipes. Um, depending on how these do, you know, hopefully we can, you know, start working with them and doing more stuff with New Republic. Uh, but we'll see. So yeah, I'm excited about it. It's cool. It has my big ass head on the box, um, which was a point of contention. And I was like, I don't. No one wants to see that. But they they thought it would be. They thought it was great. And it would be great for marketing. So you know, you you get to look at me when you clean your shoes.
0: Hey, people people wanna see you, man. I mean, hey, I, I, I can text you any time and I'm still happy to see you. You know, like you, you just vibe, uh, same. So. <laughs> I I, I
1: appreciate I appreciate that. I just it just it's just weird to look at every time I look at my face on there, it's like that's it's oh man. Well, all right. There he is. Yeah. Big head and all glasses and everything. I mean it's
0: not on the same level, but we just did we just like had one of the guys in the in the Discord community, Ian, did the redid our like sneaker history podcast logos so like all of us have little characters of ourselves right oh yeah yeah, yeah, i got my giant's hat on a sneaker history hoodie and i'm holding the burrito in my hand and like (laughs) like it's spot on me but it's also like it's still weird seeing like me in like that form right like i don't think that ever changes
1: yeah that's so weird like now i think about all those celebrities that sell like facial cleaner or some kind of lotion and it's like a picture of them on the bottle like this I'm like how awkward that must feel now like this is even even a real me this is like illustrator <laughs> yeah, version of yeah. me <laughs> and it's still like awkward as hell it's like wow that's all right well buy sneaker cleaners <laughs> It's gonna. It's like a clean your shoes with my face. So it, it is what it is, but it's 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 exciting nonetheless, and uh, I'm happy that they agreed to the collab and that they agreed to even put my name on it. So they could have just been like, "Oh, it's a great idea. Hmm. Now we got our new fabric softener scent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So they would agreed to work with me. So
0: I'm not speaking cool. from previous experience or anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've never had any ideas taken before. Oh. No, no, no,
1: no, never, never <laughs> happened to me. Never happened to me. That's funny. So
0: uh, we, we, we talked about this a little bit. Um, we got to figure out how to give away a box. of these.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, whatever you can come up with, <laughs> whatever, however, somebody wants to do it. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that they can get them a box.
0: All right. So, so people can buy them on the new Republic site. I'll link to that. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's so a shop. Shop New Republic. Um, there is a New Republic, which is like a magazine yeah. um, that has you know certain thoughts about certain things. So that's not the site <laughs> where you buy them. Uh, go to, <laughs> go to Shop New Republic uh, and just search sneaker wipes, and then uh, my face will pop up. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just look, just look for my yep. face. Just, yeah, go to Shop New Republic and look for <laughs> my face, and then there you go. There you we'll go. We'll
0: put a link in the description, and then we'll we'll figure out the giveaway logistics we'll put that in the description so there'll be a link to buy them and then i'll put a link and we'll just put it on the sneaker history site so we'll figure that out show you how to do that amazing um yeah they work pretty well and they smell phenomenal yeah like because i I did that same thing when i was a kid right like you know i mean to be honest this this is not a bragging point if you listen to this podcast or watch anything i do i don't think you should have anywhere near as sneakers as i do i think you should have 20 pairs, 50 pairs, tops, and call it good. But there's a good possibility that I have shoes in the closet in storage that still have fabric softener stuffed in the toes. Because, like, that's exactly (laughs) what I did. I was like, well, I'm not wearing these until they don't stink again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for real, for real. Because some of them, them, they hold the scent more (laughs) than others
0: oh man well congrats that's That's super dope man i mean i know you've been uh you've been very selective about all the things that you do with with your name out there so i uh yeah i'm I'm glad it turned out so well and it's awesome to see it's awesome to see your face you know sit next to me even though even when we turn the camera off so
1: (laughs) thank you man thank you man i
0: appreciate that and thank you for uh giving them a little bit of shine on the show of course of course um well I guess last but not least Let everybody know how they can find you If they don't know where you are
1: (laughs) Okay Uh, My name is Jacques Slade Uh, I make videos on the YouTubes uh, On the Twitters and on the TikToks Uh, Sometimes i put them on Instagram as well Uh, You can find me all over the internet At K-U-S-T-O-O Again that's on all the places Bumble, Grindr, Farmers Love All those places I'm available Um, So look me up And uh, yeah let's link up
0: Cool, cool man we'll appreciate you taking the time to chat with me uh thanks everybody for, for tuning sure, for in sure. we appreciate y'all we'll catch you on the next episode peace peace